The following podcast is intended for mature audiences only, meaning no children, young teenagers, or rule of three. Life in the world to come is a work of fiction, and improv is hard. Some of the topics discussed may be upsetting to some listeners, and if that is the case for you, then steal your heart. Take courage, for darker things lurk on the horizon. One could be forgiven for wanting to hold on to one's innocence. No one would fault you. Turn back now if you are frail at heart, for beyond here you will find only desolation and despair. For those of you whose souls have calloused and hardened through years of harsh winds and sizzling heat, welcome home. I'm Will Wood. A disclaimer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready to make a potted cast? I'm ready to make a potted cast, and I immediately have a concerning event that I need to bring to your attention. You can't just say that to me. I can't? No, because you've now stimulated my vagus nerve. <laughs> and it's shooting uh, distress signals around my body. Well, you should be. Because uh, something very spooky happened to me while while sleeping in your home. My chest hurts. See, like, okay, so we're, we're, we're at Will's new house. We're recording a bunch of episodes of this podcast. And uh, last night I slept in his uh, his guest room that he's converting into a studio. And in that guest room... There's a mysterious door on the wall, but like high, like above head height. Yeah, it's like, just to give you an idea, uh, all doors are on walls. This is not on the wall in the place doors usually are. Right. It's above the closet. It's above the closet. There's no way, I can't reach it. No, I don't I know how either. you would get in and out of that door, but it's just a door there. You would need a ladder to get up to that door. You you would simply have to. And I, I remember while we were in there, I pointed out and said, that's a spooky door. And it's very like, Harry yeah. Potter, that door. It's a, very, it's a very scary door. And I, you know, I didn't think too much of it. I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. I look up at the door and it is open. It is The door is open. <laughs> and I don't know what that is or what that means. Maybe it was just a weird air pressure thing. Or maybe there's a scary man living in the door I'm, and who, I'm gonna tell who, you. Just, who just came down and, I don't know, played with my nipples while I slept. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't that, know. I just, uh, the point is I don't know. And that's what's terrifying to me. It was me. Uh, probably Ryan. <laughs> it was probably Ryan, your roommate. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, um, yeah there's a Bogart in there um, named <laughs> Ryan. Um, uh, no, th- it's this house has just... It, it, it occasionally offers up a little hint of spookiness. Yeah. It occasionally just goes, hey, what if? What if? What if? See, like, that's the thing, is the bell in your house was explicitly haunted. Oh, for sure. It was, like, it was, it was obviously haunted. Yeah. This house is haunted in a way that is potentially much scarier. Yeah, bell was Luigi's mansion. Yeah. This is the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, this is this is like the house from Hereditary. Yeah. Like where it's just like a normal house. In fact, it's pretty well designed. It's a nice house. Mm. But just every, it's just subtle hints yeah. of something darker lingering beyond the horizon. Yeah. And I I, th- I think it's one of those things where it's going to be a little bit ambiguous up until the third act. Right. Um <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, it's yeah, it's going to be like Hereditary where it's like is are there demons or is this mom just going crazy? Just like there's nothing more terrifying than just a a family of traumatized people sitting at a dinner table unsure of what to say to each other. Yeah. And then just the second someone says anything just immediately devolving into screaming matches. Yeah. Like that that is a deeply relatable kind of horror. It's truly terrifying. And that's the kind of horror that this house is. Yeah, <laughs> it's... it's this 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 uh, this is more of a of a uh, this this is more 
This is more The Shining, I have to say. It's a lot more of the ambiguity. And when the third act hits and the demons or ghosts or whatever finally, you know, show themselves a bit, it's not. It's still not going to be totally clear whether or not I'm just going insane from uh, cabin fever. Um, right. You know, so... And, and, and that's what I like. That's yeah. what I would prefer. You <laughs> that's know? you like. You have the, that fucking... You have that, that uh, shining carpet upstairs. Yeah. You, you're really uh, setting up all the dominoes. Yeah. Just like... I've got that Overlook Hotel uh, New Year's Eve poster, too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. This, this, you know, this does have very, like, you know, there's no, there's no cell phone reception here. Yeah. <laughs> there's... Yeah. I've there's got a, a typewriter that I've been just typing all work and no play makes Jack and Boy <laughs> into on for to? days on end. <laughs> um, I hit my wife with a baseball bat, you yeah. know? Your, your rat room just stinks. Of it's rat? Like, it's like you haven't ever cleaned the cage. That's not true. Well, I don't ever I know, want to give I'm the impression publicly that I don't take care of these rats. <laughs> you take very good care of the rats, but <laughs> when I went up there, it was kind of stinky. And well, like, yeah, what stinky. if what if it was stinky in a creepy way? It is. <laughs> it's a little stinky in a creepy way. You do you do have just a drawer full of syringes and rat medicine. You gotta, <laughs> just, you you gotta take care of them. They, they get up a respiratory infection, so you gotta feed them the medicine somehow, and they won't take pills. That's exactly what a murderer would say. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, well, <laughs> that's exactly the excuse they would use. They would keep... That's why the rat room sticks so much, because you don't take care of them, but you keep them around as an excuse to have syringes and rat medicine. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's to kill good, people. Right. Those, those that's, are actually That's, that's the poison. foreshadowing when we go in there and you're like, ah, oh, it stinks in here. Like that's the first clue. Like you, that happens in the first act, but we just kind of brush by it. Well, that stench is actually coming from the Bogart room, right? And the reason <laughs> I kill people is to feed them to Ryan. Yes, and that's what you experienced last night. Is Ryan came out of his hiding hole to sniff around because he smelled new meat, and I hadn't told him that I was having a guest over for the night. And I usually let him know if somebody's staying over. So I'm be like, hey, listen, don't eat this one. Mm-hmm. But I forgot this time. Yeah. And you, I'll, I'll let him know uh, before you go to bed. Because okay. uh, I, I, otherwise he might eat you. <coughs> but yeah, that's Ryan. Right. Um, I'll talk to him later. I'll make sure he doesn't eat you. Okay, that's nice. Or play you. with your nipples. Okay. Um, I mean, look, it, like, like, he's more than welcome to play with my nipples. Just, you know, <laughs> wake me up first. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> like yeah. the world to come, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is our potted cast. This is our potted cast that we that we made bespoke just for you. Bespoke? What does that mean? Uh, on our own. Just personalized. Okay. Kind of like, I don't know the exact definition of the word bespoke, yeah. but I feel like it means, um, like, you know, handmade, homemade, personal. Okay. Yeah. Um, Made by an artisan. Art artisan. Yeah. I love that word. Artisanal. Artisanal. This, this is, is an artisanal, artisanal podcast. Cast. Yeah, this is an artisanal potted cast. You we're, we're you can only get this podcast now on cassette tapes at farmers <laughs> markets. <laughs> um, that would actually be fucking fun. I would let's, love that. Let's <laughs> make. Actually, let's can we release... make a different podcast that we only that we just we we buy us a, a stand at a farmer's market and just sell, and sell on our fucking podcast cassettes. on cassette? I love that. And no one buys it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one has the the cross section of like cassette people, farmers market people, and and um and um podcast podcast people, people are just three fully separated circles. Well, they might be. There might be some interlap, but the circles are like the circles don't connect in a three-way. I think like, there is there no there is no no thing at the center of those three circles. I think that I think that there is one life in the world to come fan that connects all those three circles and nobody else. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't because that be would like also be another circle that needs to get involved. Right, <laughs> life in the world to come fan. <laughs> so well, it's not going to be life in the world to come. It's going to be a totally different podcast. Okay. 
Um, It'll be an even meaner podcast. Let's make that It'll today's be... episode. Let's let's record today's episode for po- for cassette release this later is, on. This is the artisanal life in the world to come. This is the yeah, artisanal the... potted cast life known the... as um, uh, uh, Ryan. Honestly, life in the world to come does also sound like it could be an NPR show with a That's very true. different tone. That's true. Yeah, um, but. Uh, let's, let's call this, um, life in the, lives in the, all, all, all lives considered, uh, <laughs> NPR's all lives considered, um, lives of the, lives of the world, lives of, lives of come world. Worlds of the life, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, li- the lives of come, come world. world. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Come World. Uh, come, come in the world of life. <laughs> come in like come in the life's world. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, welcome everybody to our cassette exclusive NPR show, Life come. in the Come World. <laughs> Just come. <Us> come. <laughs> <laughs> and colon. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to tuning in to come. I, I'm Bill Floyd. Welcome to come. <laughs> this show is produced with a grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, if you if you sign up on NPR.com, we'll give you a free tote bag that says "Come on." <laughs> Uh, today we are starting our annual fund drive, um, to, uh, help support come. If you call now in the next 20 minutes, uh, and give a donation of $15 or more, we will send you a comeback. <laughs> call, call when it should come back. I'm not spe- in my mind. I'm not spelling "come" the way like the the like raunchy way. I'm spelling oh, yeah. it like "come" like come, "come here." No, I'm spelling it "cum." I'm not. I, I just want to let you know. I'm I'm doing it the. Uh... Oh yeah, because "come" actually does kind of work as the name of a, <laughs> of an NPR podcast. Yeah, it's 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 like, and also just you know, I, I also if you like read older erotica, which you know I do. Um, <laughs> You'll notice that they don't spell that the you, raunchy you, you way. You do, sitting in your fine leather chair in front of your fireplace, smoking a pipe. I must. Just reading classic erotica. I don't know why that's <laughs> I, the, the words, I must, came out of my mouth in response to you saying that. And I don't know what I meant, but I feel like what I'm saying right now is I'm compelled by some unknown force to get into like a, a high-backed chair with a smoking jacket and read uh, early, really like 20th early 20th century, century erotica. erotica. Um, and just uh, talking about people getting turned on by ankles. Exactly, it's very. It's <laughs> honestly, it gets me going. I'm an ankle guy. Where are you going with this? I do. Want, I would want to hear the end of this thought because oh, I you, that you, was you've it. been reading a lot of uh, vintage erotica. Oh, that was the end of the. the oh, I was saying that they they did not spell right. It's C U M. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a modern thing. It is. Yeah. No, if if you, you know, if if you're like in a pharmacy and you start perusing that rotating rack of weird books that nobody's heard of, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Um that's you you'll find that they write C O M E and they write it constantly cuz most of those books are just about ejaculation. <laughs> they're really they're, I don't know, like and and you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at it. And that's why they say don't judge a book by its cover because you never know when it's just going to be filled with cum. And and these tote bags that we sang. <laughs> I hate this fucking show. <laughs> it's a good thing it's going to be exclusively on uh, fucking cassette tape so nobody hears it. Each each one of these bags is hand stitched by uh by by um unpaid workers in the <laughs> in the Adirondacks. The Adirondacks who, who, who stitch together by hand and then fill it with their own their own semen. <laughs> And we ship it to you in a wet box. It's a box that will come to your porch just dripping. <laughs> just oozing out of there. Anyway. That's right. Before we send this to you, we soak our boxes in jelly. That may not have been where you wanted to go, but that's where I'm going. I'm Terry Gross. Let, let's talk about death in the Middle East. <laughs> um but yeah um so anyway uh we're gonna have to i'm probably gonna have to bounce this to uh an uh, an flac file Uh before i send it into the cassette uh production company right yeah um so let me just make sure that it's that everything's is set up to everything's like properly formatted yeah okay yeah no we're we're all right, we're set for it. No, we should be good. Uh, playback engine's right and everything. Um, yeah, okay. There's so, just something about the, the crackle of magnetic tape that is... Uh, beautiful. It's it's ideal for podcasts. And you, you get an EQ, like, on a, on tape that's, like, just a little bit different than on other uh, formats. So that, if you... Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to listen to this podcast, you're going to have to go on eBay and buy a cassette player. Yep. Or, like, a Craigslist or something. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> like, how we're telling them this on the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be on yeah, the set. Yeah, this is this is how you find this <laughs> podcast. And then after that, just like you just start going to farmers markets, and we're not going to tell you which one we'll be at, but we'll be at one of them. Yes. somewhere in America, at a, every Saturday, every Saturday morning, somewhere yes. in America, at a farmers market, we will be there selling c- cassettes of our new podcast. Come. <laughs> And no, everyone hates it. No one wants us to be there. That's why it's a different farmer's market every time. Right. Because they keep kicking us out. Right. We didn't, <laughs> they, we didn't rent the space. <laughs> so, yeah. We just show up in a van. Yeah. With like a and bunch just... of, in an unmarked van full of cum cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> a big, a big white van that has the word cum spray painted <laughs> on it. <laughs> and... On one side it says cum and on the other side it says NPR. <laughs> <laughs> and we just ruin farmer's markets. <laughs> And then we get into fights with people selling Siamese glass cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the Siamese glass cats. The Siamese like, cat is a symbol of nobility. Um, and like pickles and like fresh squeezed lemonade. Yep. And uh, antique sex toys. Seen them. <laughs> At farmer's markets? Of course not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do some questions? Yeah, sure. Let's do some questions. Let's get some questions out of the way. 
Doug asks... Hold on a second. I just got a text from John. Oh, okay. It says, Hey, I just won the jackpot at Magic City. Come fly to Miami. We'll track here. It's on me. Damn. (laughs) Do you want to go to Miami? (laughs) He said, Sorry, I lied, but I had a sick dream last night where that happened. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. If any of you want to know who Jonathan Maisto is in two texts. That was texts, it right there. That, that was, was it. <laughs> and now he says, how sick would that be? Uh, clearly oh very based on my all caps response <laughs> of how much. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into questions. Woo! We're gonna start out with a with a good ass Doug question. One of Doug's very good questions, and his first question is, "What is the most important part of a corpse?" I want you to say the on answer three. so I don't Ready? say it. on three. One, two, three. Penis. Penis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Thanks know. for tuning in, guys. What did you guys think we were gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> There's some very dark implications to that <laughs> answer, so I'm gonna flip it so that it doesn't go in a particularly well, th- that's the thing, negative situation. Like the, it's the direction. penis because that's where the sm- the special extract is sourced. Exactly, so, you need. That's where the secret elixir is, <laughs> is contained. That's right. Come. It's come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is the title of this episode. We're in my house, and I want to go home. <laughs> um. <that's... laughs> So anyway, this is here's the thing: you'd think it's cum, but it's not. No, it's, there's every it's zydrate contains <laughs> within every living penis. There is a secret third fluid receptacle area. Zydrate. Zydrate. Yeah. So anyway, um, there's going to be an element of that in right. the world to come, and uh, so you are going to. What does zydrate do again? Is it? A pain I have killer? no idea. I said yeah, I up. guess ended you, but I have not heard that word. Right, what do you? What do you? What do you want the elixir to be? Because I just think of zydrate. And I don't want it to be Zydrate. I don't want to be like, I don't want to give it's the impression. Co- well, it's called Zydrate like... because we've already said that. Okay. But what it does yes. is it makes you grow hard. <laughs> I got to get away from dicks. <laughs> you gotta, we got we to gotta get away from dicks. There's jokes. not going to be any more Blue Chew after the event. What is Blue Chew? It's, it's a dick pill. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It makes your dick thick and hard. I can't, uh, you're and then and once there's no none of that, you gotta do the next logical thing, yeah. which is to consume consume the penis of a dead man. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking earning the disclaimer on this one. <laughs> this isn't my brand. You gotta work for the explicit tag. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> It's not my brand either. I don't want this. But it's, this is this is what is coming out of our mouths. So clearly, it's our truth. Improv is hard. <laughs> Improv is yeah. Shit, this is our truth, isn't it? This, this is. Is this who we really are? Well, I I mean scientifically, maybe because we're just look. We our job is to sit in front of these mics and come up with random content from the ether, and apparently everything that's being pulled from the ether is come. We're just pulling a bunch of fucking sticky jizz out well, of the listen, ether. Listen, there's a lot of cum in ether. <laughs> and 
Let's do another question. Yeah. Let's get into some questions. Hey, Will and Chris. So I have a lot of sensory issues that flare up whenever the weather gets warmer. The feeling of not having the weight of long sleeves or long pants or baggy sweaters on my body tends to make me really anxious and uncomfortable. Not to mention all my weird body image issues and, unfortunately, I can't wear three layers in 90 degree heat. I assume that after the event, the year's average temperature is probably going to be fucked, or maybe it won't be, I wouldn't know. So, do you have any tips on how I can feel mentally okay and keep my body covered while also not dying of heat stroke? The instinct is you must steal yourself. Yeah. Um, that, or, or, you just, you live in the Icelands. Go to the Icelands. Go to the, go, 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 wait, wait until the dead of night. Um, and perform the ritual, and the northern lights will appear in the sky. And they will say, Hello, I am here to do as you command. And then you follow them north, northward. And that's the only way to know where north is after the event. Well, what north is is going to, like, be kind of relative. It's kind of, it's more conceptual. Yeah. Um, It's like, in order to go north, you have to, like, Head in the direction of the thing that is most valuable to you. And if you do right. that, you will end up in in the Icelands. Space and time are going to be all fucked up. It's That's gonna just be, how it's going to be. Things are going to work by much more like uh, narrative rules. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be kind of beautiful at times, but other times, extremely confusing. Um, so the... Um, the Icelands... I know so far in this show, we've kind of painted a picture of a very hot apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um and most of the apocalypse is going to be, be hot, pretty yeah. hot. But it's also going to be kind of like biomes in Minecraft. I like that, yes. Where there's just like a hard line at one point, and then it's an entirely different environment. Absolutely. And it's it's going to be like one of those things where you can kind of just like hop back and forth depending on how you want to like... Re- uh, um, Regulate your body temperature. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if if you like, for instance, if you like a sunny day and you hate the snow and it's hot out in the sunny area, you just stand on the edge of the snowy area with your your many long sleeves, and you hop back and forth. If you get too hot, you hop into the snow. And get look, too cold, hop back into the sun. And look, I, look, here's the thing. You know, if you're a little bit goth, and if you listen to this podcast, statistically you are, mm-hmm. um, That I think that there's something very uh, kind of sort of pensive and introspective about the idea of, of sitting, of standing right at the edge of a frozen tundra, mm. looking at, looking at, a beautiful sunny world that you cannot inhabit and you get to kind of stew in that and that's yeah. going to make you feel real cool yeah that is going to make you feel really cool or yeah. the image of you staring into rain Ooh, yeah reaching out with your hand being rained on, on with the rest of you perfectly mm, dry. dry yeah being covered in like snow and soft snow yeah yeah I, I think that's that's and you look you take a picture and like you like you really boost all like the light flares in photoshop and yeah. you're like damn yeah. The duality of the human condition. It's really dope. Yeah. And and you're going to get a lot of likes. You're going to get a lot of likes. On, on your MySpace profile on future picture. My, on MySpace is coming back. Oh, yeah. It's coming back in a big way. And thank God for that. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, back when social media was pure. Yeah. And Tom is going to be uh, relevant again. Yeah. Tom's going to come back and Tom's going to be a warlord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who? Because that's the thing. Clout is going to be in such high demand yeah that if you have even a little bit of it you're going to be set for life and like what whatever little clout tom had from like i don't know when was myspace 10 years ago 20 years ago i have no idea probably at this point. 
10 to 15 10 to 15 years ago yeah it's gonna really like people aren't gonna remember a lot of things but they're gonna remember tom oh yeah they're gonna remember tom he's gonna um, take advantage of that and tom's Seems like a be, nice guy but turns out no he will be the warrior king of the icelands man. yes not to be confused with iceland. <laughs> with iceland iceland is going to sink into the ocean and never be heard from again yeah I bet you thought we were going to say it's going to be very hot. No, it's just going to be gone. No. Greenland, however, is going to be very hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Hotland is going to be very green. <laughs> Again, we were talking about the way in which nature balances itself. That's yeah. one of the things. Yeah, Hotland. When Iceland sinks to the... That's, that's what happens is Iceland sinks to the bottom of the sea, and then Hotland rises in its place <laughs> so that... You know, something <laughs> something can be green instead of Greenland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what it's going to be, is, is you're going to be able to jump back and forth between Greenland and Hotland. And I think that's the way to do it. Like, you know, um, and that's going to be convenient for you because then you can wear whatever amount of layers is comfortable. As long as, again, you are, you know, able to regulate your body heat in that way. Right. But again, the other part of this question, when it comes to the body image issues, and I know that this maybe isn't specifically your thing because it's also about how the clothes feel in your body. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in a more general sense, the body image issues, that's that I one, one of the upsides of the apocalypse is I feel like that is not something that you're going to have to be worrying about. Yeah, because because like there is not going to be one standard body type that oh, like yeah. anyone has. Yeah, like there's no like average. You're, you're not going to feel uncomfortable about like the the, the width of my hips i mean your hips um right if you know you're if like your friends all have like four arms right exactly very now strong. if depending on how wide your hips are like if it's like a mile or something then you're still gonna have trouble finding pants and unfortunately that's not gonna change yeah like you're still like you know but like you're probably not i don't think you're gonna be embarrassed about it because you're gonna have a friend whose jaw is seven feet tall yeah and goes over his head and also if your hips are that wide then your cock is going to be proportional and that's going to be going to be very wide it's gonna be very, <laughs> it's gonna, people are going to look at that and be like "Ooh, look at that that's it's, it's gonna that be like looks a, unfeasible a giant tongue <laughs> Um, your cock is going to be a giant tongue or like your a beaver hips are going to be a mile wide yeah um <laughs> so i guess that's going to be more the problem than anything that's honestly more than the heat i think that's going to be the issue with you wearing multiple clothes is because you're going to have trouble just fitting one of them over you yeah and you know honestly when it, when it comes down to it is is like current beauty standards i don't know if these this is the the kind of lines your body image uh, images uh fall across fall on is yeah. what am i saying are along i get what you're saying um uh, the, uh, I don't know if it's like a, a, a beauty thing or not, but, uh, beauty standards of today are just not going to apply tomorrow mm -hmm. because of people with mile wide hips, people with beaver tail mouth dicks, and right. also, you know, people who have tentacles for titties. That's yeah. going to be really common. Nobody's yeah. going to feel insecure about their cup size anymore because some of them are just going to be squids. Right. Some of them are going to be the tentacles. Some of them are going to be men. Yeah, growing out of their chest. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an exciting time for the bra industry. Yeah, they're gonna open up in all kinds of different ways. Oh yeah, they're gonna make pants bras because right. some bra, some, some boobs are gonna become legs. Some boobs are legs. They're gonna make some boobs again as guys, just guy shaped bras, just two, just basically just like two guys attached with a strip of cloth in the middle and the thing that goes around your back. Kind of like swaddling a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Only like they'll be your boobs. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Some some boobs will become guns. Right. And they'll have holsters was, for your titties. Yeah, they're gonna have holsters and little holes in the bra. That yeah, you can, like 
like an, like Austin Powers. I, I was gonna say like Austin Powers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, another thing you can do um, is if if like you're really uncomfortable in your own skin, you could just take it off. Yeah. Be like, like Ryan. Off. Ryan doesn't have skin. Take He's it happy off. With put it. someone else's on. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe the thing. their skin is less sensitive. It could be. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really what it comes down to is just you have to learn when to give up. <sighs> that one that one went down real nice. Let's <laughs> let's let's get on let's another, get another question in there. So recently, I've been watching a lot of Hannibal, and I won't lie when I say the cinemato- cinematography does make cannibalism seem ap- seem appealing. I assume in the world to come, such food choices will be widely accepted. My main issue is that I cannot prepare the forbidden meat in the pre- meat in the pretentious way that Hannibal Lecter does. That if oh sorry. Uh, my main issue is that if I can't prepare the forbidden meat in the pretentious way that Hannibal Lecter does, it will lose its appeal. Any recommendations on how to present my human flesh meals in, a, in an aesthetically pleasing way, which modern kitchens, um, when modern kitchens no longer exist? Wow, hi, it's, it's me, Chris. Damn, I fucking butchered that question, huh? I just, I just, just did not do anything resembling a good job reading that one. Mr. Mr. Dyslexia over here. Just making a mess out of that question we'll we'll leave this in i love this question i love this question yeah because that this is this is a question about the art of the culinary arts and also about presentation mm-hmm. aesthetics and survival that's the thing yeah that's that's the that's what i like about it it's it's you don't get a lot of classy apocalypse questions. No, and this is a classy this one. This is a very classy question. You think the question. apocalypse will be without class? Mm. No, there will still be class. That's the thing about class is that you have to make it yourself. You do. You have to create it where you can find it. Because otherwise, if, if, you, if you don't make your own class, you know, you're just buying into the game, man. Exactly. If you let your sense of class be defined by somebody else's standards, mm. you're, you're, you're just going to... You know, if you let your idea of class be dictated by what other people's idea of class are, you're going to get a weird haircut, an oversized tie, and then mm-hmm. run for president. Uh, and yeah. So, like, you know, it's... it's... Yeah, or, you, or just scream, we the best music exactly. on the track. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, you're going to... Um, so, I, I think this is a beautiful question because it really comes down to... Um, speaking what's in your soul what because a lot of people don't think of the culinary arts as being a form of potentially abstract art Mm. because people think of it as being um purely utilitarian you have to make food to eat but really good food good cuisine it's also about how you present it exactly all about presentation um and so, for instance, for Ryan's birthday, mm-hmm. I kidnapped a man, mm. as one does for their friend's birthday. Um, and, you know, uh, I, 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 I brought him into the kitchen. Um, I said, hey, can I get you a beer? And he said, sure, absolutely. And I said, okay, I'll grab you one. And I came back, of course, with poison because I, I don't drink. Right. Um, and uh, I injected it into his penis. Um, mm. And he died instantly. Right, um, right. And it tenderized his flesh. Uh, this particular poison had an acidic quality. And oh, so... Oof. Yeah. That's what you want. You want tender poisoned flesh. And then I stuck him on a pike. Yes. And put that on my dining room table and um, took like a blowtorch and like rotated him. Sort of like... A, what's the... Is that shawarma? Yeah, shawarma. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, 
and I would slice off vertically. And that, I think, uh, I, I mean, Ryan really appreciated that. Um, he he got, he had a, got a real kick out of that, and, and we made gyros. Nice. Yeah. I like I you know it's also about like going back to the, uh, using it as a form of expression. I think that I, I, it's always interesting when like a meal kind of tells a story. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. It was like I, what, what I like to do is I like to take just like a human like a full human arm. Uh-huh. And just you know you just kind of butcher it from like above the elbow. Yeah. And then you you set it vertically on a plate oh i love this kind of so it's and then have the hand kind of out like open presenting uh-huh. then you surround the base with just you know whatever some like i don't know some roasted potatoes leafy greens that kind yeah, of thing that sounds great yeah. and then and then coiled in the palm of the hand is just is the is the penis just Beautiful. in a perfect circle just kind of kind of circling around itself and like coming up like a snake like a like a cobra and, you know, we can't do anything without just then, involving the penis. At least not in this episode. Um, oh, but this is a new podcast. Well, I mean, that's that's basically, you know, and then, you know, you, you add whatever herbs and spices you use. Um, and you want to, like, um, it's good to get a nice pan sear on the penis before you put it in the oven. Just so that, because the way that the skin on the, the foreskin kind of crisps up is, like, Ooh, you get that nice little crunch before you get into like the soft, tender meat of the cock. It's like a calamari. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like a calamari. Oh, this one is dangerous. Okay. What will be the main language or languages in the world to come? And what new swear words and slurs will we get? What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Who is this? Who is this person trying to destroy us? It's it's like with dogs, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when, like, dogs bark at each other. Like, most of how they're communicating is based on, like, body language. Right. They're just kind of making noise. But then whatever it is they're trying to get across is, like, gotten across just by their general vibe. Right. And it's going to be like that. Yeah. If anything, what's what's the main language of the apocalypse? Body language. Mm, yeah. And so what are the new swears? Pelvic thrust. Showing your dick. Yeah. Middle finger. Middle finger. That's always um, the same. Waving your arms around threateningly. And who knows how powerful your middle finger will become. It may become extremely finger... Finger? It might become an extreme finger. <laughs> <laughs> it, might be a, it might be a sword. It might... <laughs> Um, (laughs) Um, yeah, there's, it's body language. Extreme finger is going to be one one of the major languages. Extreme finger. And, um, and it's, it's, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> extreme finger appears to me to be so many different things like there's so many different pathways i could go down with extreme finger just the phrase extreme finger there's so many different wonderful beautiful pathways i could take but none of them lead back to language i can only just go the directions it's telling me to go and i want to go down one of those paths but we haven't answered the question yet so i'm going to put a pin in extreme, extreme finger, finger and okay. just try and remember it yeah, so it's 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 about body language. It's about expressing yourself physically. So if you're looking for a slur, it would be like 
um, just kind of like just kind of garroting someone with a piano wire, mm. and um, and just like disemboweling them and eating their guts. The most that's hate- the worst thing you can say to somebody in the apocalypse is murdering them. Is murdering them. Right. That's body language. Yeah. Using your body to say a slur. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you destroy their body. There won't. There will not be a dif- a difference between emotional and physical violence. Yeah, because there will you, body language. We are, we all are physical beings. Yeah. Uh, primarily, first and foremost, the abstract and uh, not the abstract, but the uh, you know the, the the soft sciences of language won't be as relevant. Right. We are not going to be sitting around shooting the shit as often. Sometimes we will, but for the most part. We're going to be rubbing each other. Yeah, just kind of sitting and just, it's going to be very, it's, that's the thing, is that will it be potentially very violent? Sure. Yes. But it'll also be very sensual. And very sexy. Very sexy. You know, you, you like right now, you <laughs> might like get together with a friend and just like talk about like whatever. But in the future, you're probably going to fuck. You're probably, yeah. You're probably going to gonna do be, something like that. It's going to be a very kind of... um. In, in, in this way, the apocalypse will be the opposite of Austin Powers, mm. in which the sexual revolution will come back in a big way. And it'll work. Yeah. It'll be good this time. And like, I, like that's the thing, is like AIDS can't come in and ruin the sexual revolution because everybody already has AIDS or something equivalent. Right, yeah. You know. And, and most people... Are you going to get STDs? Sure. But they're just going to mix in there with all the other diseases you got running around right. in your body, and it's just going to like, yeah. what's one more drop in the bucket, you know? Right, Exactly. Um, and also a lot of us will be, you know, walking dead anyway. Right. So exactly. what are you going to do? The worst Die of an yeah. STI? Like, yeah. what is syphilis going to go to your brain and kill you? No, of course yeah. not. Yeah. You're already dead. Yeah. You already died of syphilis. You die and then you become immortal. You're welcome. Yeah. You're going to want STDs. As a matter of fact, you should probably kill yourself. I, I feel like we always circle around to that in most of these <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill yourself. I'm just going to say that. It's lame to destroy the bit, but don't kill yourself. Okay, we're done. Uh, we can be funny again. <laughs> oof. Um, anyway, extreme finger. finger. Let's now Let's talk now about extreme the real finger. Starts. Extreme finger is going to be a sport <laughs> um, where people use their fingers to like sword fight. Extreme finger will be the name of another sport too. It'll be confusing. You won't know what you're t- what people are talking about when they talk about extreme finger, where you take your finger and you jump on it, because uh, your finger is so big. Um, right. And you jump on it like a snowboard, and then you just finger your way down a mountain. And then there's a third por- sport called extreme finger, which is just who has the biggest finger. Yeah. And that's going to be the most popular of the three. Yeah. Um, which and... is you know you wouldn't think it because <laughs> like there's not much to watch, but there's no TV, so you're not broadcasting this, these sports anyway. Yeah, just and looking so, at somebody's finger can be a lot more interesting. Yeah, and like especially like something like you know you're trying to describe a sports game. There's all these details you have to remember, right? And you the the written language is also gone, so you have to like you know you're gonna like any any anything that you're reporting back about this event, you know, coming back to the village to tell, you know. To, to, to say how you, your the local warriors failed in the sporting event right. or fared in the sporting event yeah um, and uh, if, if the sport's too complicated it's gonna that's a lot for you to remember you're gonna forget half of it by the time you get back right you just with with, with uh, extreme finger three mm. you just it's like yeah uh, you just come back and you put has, your hands up you show everybody your hands and they, they see you're your missing all finger, your fingers and, and you go oh this guy lost, lost extreme finger. finger and you're like it's John 
Mm. John has the biggest finger. Yeah. Everyone's like, fuck. Yeah, John. I hoped it would be Ted. Yeah. John's finger is going to be fucking huge. Yeah. John, the guy who texted me earlier. It's going to be John Maisto's finger. John Maisto is Maisto's... going to be the world champion of extreme fingers. John Maisto is going to change in zero ways. Except, except for his, his giant his, finger. his finger, which is going to be the size of a building. <laughs> and it's going to be sad because I know that he likes to travel and he can't because his finger's too big. It's too well, heavy. Well, he's going to be able to he's tied use down his with finger. His big finger. Well, he's going to be able to use his finger to fling himself long That's distances. That's true. He just flexes it and launches himself into the stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> and then his f- big finger is indestructible so he just like lands on it and it cushions the blow yeah he's he's going to benefit and he's, from he's his likes to live finger. on the edge it's going to be you know yeah, it's a dangerous way to live but it, he, he already it, lives dangerously why it's called extreme finger <laughs> it's called extreme it's all about living on the edge <laughs> with your finger it's also a sex act <laughs> <laughs> you know fingering like that but <laughs> More. <laughs> imagine normal fingering, and then imagine whatever you think the extreme version of that is. Oh my god! Yeah, can we? Uh, <laughs> uh, we got to put the disclaimers in way more places before we publish this. Like really seriously. Oh, this is an interesting question. Under the assumption that humanity will inevitably collapse after a long struggle to avoid extinction, will the planet ever return to a state similar to the present day, or will life begin anew on the planet? Or will the planet remain only to be dominated by the entities that thrive in the world to come? Hmm. So this is this is interesting, because, like, we... I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but, like, all of the stuff that we've talked about is in, like, the extremely near future. Yeah. Like, stuff that will definitely, for sure, 100% happen in your lifetime. Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. in the next, what, six months? Six months, weeks, days, who's to say? Yeah. I mean, when we Tomorrow, first started this podcast, we assumed, like, a couple weeks. but Five like, minutes from now? Yeah, it's 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 it hasn't happened yet, but oof, you can feel it. Yeah. No, it's in the air. Yeah. It's yeah. coming. But we haven't talked a lot about, like, the far future of, like, what, like, the ultimate fate of the planet is yeah in the long term yeah look eventually societies are going to be built because that kind of chaos can't sustain itself and human beings do tend to gravitate towards Towards, civilization and animals tend to gravitate that way along their evolutionary path so it will get to a point where societies will start to be built but it will not be anything like today no it will not um the dominant species uh, uh and the dominance hierarchy of tomorrow <laughs> is going to be very different than the one of yesterday um it's gonna be oh it's a chainsaw yeah, I thought it was a, music there's a chainsaw somewhere in the distance i was like what the fuck i love hearing a chainsaw in the distance <laughs> up in the mountains up in the mountains just alone in the mountains where there's no cell reception and you hear a chainsaw mm, yeah beautiful. scary door opened there's yeah. just <laughs> there's good stuff um what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. It's going to be Zootopia. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said animals are going to start to evolve to be more... As right away, I was like, oh, it's Zootopia. It's definitely going to be Zootopia. Well, <laughs> that's it. That's the it's answer. Gonna be, it's just Zootopia. I don't know how to yes and uh, Zootopia without getting into some weird areas. <laughs> so, um... Or... Or... It could be... 
Oh, you're asking me to come up with one? Well, cause that's the thing. About, well, the, here, this the is yes the yes and situation. I'm sorry. Well, this, this is the thing. This is this is the thing. Uh huh. This is the thing. Well, uh-huh. this is the thing. What? Look this at the me. Thing. This I'm, is the thing. I'm, I've been looking at you. <laughs> that... I'm making direct eye contact. What's Again, the thing? We're talking about the deep future. We're not just so like yeah, it will eventually be Zootopia, but that will eventually fall as well. That's true. It's gonna be this. It, it's this is the, what we are. What we're living in now is the first of. Potentially thousands of epochs so, between now and the inevitable end of the planet itself. Yeah. So following Zootopia, you're gonna get uh, Zoot Zootopia. Zootopia, where uh, <laughs> everybody is going to be a lot like the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Yep. That '90s swing <laughs> revival band. Yes. Um, who did Zoot Suit Riot? Um, and so everybody's gonna be walking around in zoot suits. Gonna be kind of like the thing that everybody does. Uh. They got the zoot suits. They're oversized fedoras with the feathers in the top. Uh, the mask is going to be the president. There's going to be it's going to be President the Mask. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey will still be alive. Jim Carrey is going to survive eons because yes. of the way the radiation specifically affects his DNA. But he won't be the mask. He'll be kept in a cage, nude, that the mask uh, throws you know broken glass bottles into as revenge for portraying him badly in the movie. Yeah, it's gonna be kind of fucked up. It's sad because he's you know, you know Jim Carrey clearly has some demons. Yeah, and you you would think the sweet respite of death would save him from them, but it will never come. Poor Jim Carrey. Poor Jim. So. Yeah, Jim Carrey is going to unfortunately be little more than court jester to President Mask. Yeah, uh, in the world to come, after the world to come, after the world to come. Which is, it's you know, I don't know if he's going to like the job, but it's not necessarily going to be one he's unsuited for. Yeah, you know, he's he's that's the thing is, you know, things come and go in waves. You know, mm. there are cycles, and in Zoot Suit Topia, yeah, uh, he's going to be the funniest motherfucker in the world again. <laughs> You know, um, I forgot it was called Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> he will once again get paid twenty million dollars to appear in a film. Yeah, um, but now, movies will be different in Zootopia. And also, it tw- they'll give him twenty million dollars, but the the American dollar will have lost its value entirely. So, yeah. it's, if anything, they're making fun of him because they know that he's like an ancient man right. from the before time. Right, and they're like, "Look, idiot, is this what you want? Ha, you stupid fuck!" Right. Yeah, and this isn't gold, right? And and also, it's not a feather to put in your big fedora. Yeah, and that's what a lot of you know uh, commerce and zoot suit topia is going to be like. <laughs> it's going to be a fe- it's going to be going to be about trading various <laughs> pieces of uh, '90s swing revol- uh, revival fashion. Um, so you know, spats, yep. um, uh, squirrel nut zippers, CDs. Is that? Is that why the mask wore a zoot suit? Absolutely. Because zoot suit riot was big at that one point I mean, of time. I think that mask probably wore a zoot suit at some oh, point yeah, in the I comics. Oh, because I think he was a comic character yeah, too. But, yeah, um, but no, that's. I mean, that's probably why they made the comic into a movie. <laughs> at yeah, that because point like, in time. oh, zoot suits are big. Let's do the mask. Yeah. No, absolutely. Zoot suits were huge in the '90s for a little while. Yeah. I wish that the swing revival had gone somewhere, but <laughs> it it showed up for like a half hour and then went home. It's the, you know I think they were too ambitious about the padded shoulders on those suits. They were. Very I think if ambitious. they had been a little bit more uh, reined in with those yeah. padded shoulders, I think it might have lasted a little longer. But yeah. they saw those big shoulders and people were like this is stupid. Hey, but Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is still playing. <laughs> it's you true. Know? Of all the daddy bands, they're still going. <laughs> there were a lot of daddy bands. 
There was a cherry pop and daddies, which is a disgusting <laughs> thing to call a band. <laughs> it's extremely gross. I didn't. I meant to mention that the first time uh, cherry pop and daddies came up, but we we moved past it. A truly disgusting repulsive band name for a band. Yeah, no, shame on you, cherry, <laughs> cherry pop, and, pop daddies, and daddies, for making me read those words. Also, just something you could name your band in the '90s and no one blinks. And big bad voodoo daddy, you know. But they them, I I think they can kind of get away with it. Um, a bit more uh, easily because they don't call themselves the Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> yeah, they're Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Yeah, still, and that's a there's, different there's, type there's of guy. There's still some cultural appropriation happening there. There's still mm. some like. Well, they got the voodoo thing going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but ultimately, you know, like, you know, I can picture a Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> I can picture what that kind of guy might be like. And I can also pic- picture what a cherry popping daddy looks like, but I don't care to. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, he's disgusting. I'd rather not think of it. Right, exactly. Whereas the big bad voodoo daddy, I want to I wanna, I wanna think about him. I mean, honestly, when I imagine a cherry popping daddy, I'm just imagining one of the guys from the cherry popping daddies, but just looking at me with knowing eyes. And I don't... <laughs> I don't... I don't like it. <laughs> I'm picturing something dark. <laughs> And I fucking hate it. I can't. I can't hear that band name and not, not be overwhelmed with dark connotations. That's I'm, why it's a bad band name. It's a terrible band if, name. If your band name causes people's minds to be filled with dark connotations, yeah, choose a different band name. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, Don't go with nobody, that one. no, no, nobody has strange psychosexual thoughts when they hear the hear the name Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Nobody regresses to childhood trauma when they <laughs> hear, hear the Beatles. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> unless they had a bad experience with some Beatles, the Beatles are fine. <laughs> Is that too dark? Nah, nah, it's good. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so... I think we've answered the I question. Think we've... Jim Carrey is going to be uh, a, a humiliation-based court jester to the mask in Zoot Zootopia yeah. following the fall of Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> at this point, I'm just still laughing at extreme finger. <laughs> just, a, just a phrase. I, I really, what I'm laughing at is looking on Spotify and seeing episode blank extreme, extreme finger. finger. <laughs> well, speaking of which, um, I feel like I'm going to tie that into this next question. Hey, Chris and Will. Um, and again, I feel like we've answered this in a couple different ways, but I just want to know what kind of shelters should we seek to find during the event? Well, we have a lot of options. Jonathan Maso's extreme finger. You set up a little shelter in there. Yeah. Just like you, you could, yeah, you, you pay him a nominal fee because, <laughs> you know, he's a businessman and he doesn't, you know, he's not going to work for free, but you know, to do, he'll, you know, he'll kind of arch his, his finger up a little bit. So there's like, and then you just hang tarps over either end. Yeah. And he will, Jonathan Maso will protect you from the elements <laughs> with his big finger. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's that's, that's going to be your best option. Yeah, if you can find Jonathan Maisto and convince him to let you rent out a portion of his extreme finger, mm-hmm. um, that's a good move. Yeah, because it's going to be that or like just some kind of big pit that you find. Yeah, which is fine. Which is it'll do but the like, job. I'll but tell like, you that big pit would be even better if you could hire Jonathan Maisto to cover it with his extreme finger, finger while you sleep. Yeah. Plus, his like his big finger has like central air. 
It and, does. Um, yeah. There's like a jacuzzi in the back <laughs> that he installed. Yeah. You can see. I I can imagine John installing a jacuzzi in the in side. His extreme in, his, in his yeah. extreme finger. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he takes dips in it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And he also. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little mini bar in his extreme <laughs> finger um these are just like john maisto jokes, jokes at this point and nobody knows anything about him no, except I, for I, the thing if about, you saw the what did i do documentary saw, you gotta hide if you saw the, the what i do doc and just honestly like what we've said about him so far i feel mm. like a vibe has been constructed that's fair yeah i feel like at this point they know who john is he's got a closet full of leopard print jackets <laughs> yeah. in his extreme <laughs> finger. finger yeah um He's got a collection of uh, Chelsea boots in his extreme <laughs> finger. Um, he has a tattoo shop in his extreme <laughs> finger. Yeah, he definitely he does. He doesn't have any tattoos on the extreme finger itself. Um, oh, right, because he rents it out. Right, exactly. Yeah, and he's, he's got to keep it. it like, you know, it has to have some vibe uh, that's accessible to everyone. Yeah, and also, like, if he ever did, it would have to be like a Michelangelo type situation. Yeah. Like, it would take a lot of money and a lot of time. It's big. It's a big finger. Yeah, it's a very big finger. It's the biggest finger. It's it's it's, 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 it's a, this is a world champion extreme finger. This is we're talking about Jonathan Maisto's extreme, extreme finger, finger here. <laughs> this is This isn't just anyone's extreme finger. No, this is John Maisto's extreme, extreme finger. The most extreme finger on the planet. There's going to be a gun <laughs> just, just arched around. Yeah. That's <laughs> just, it. <laughs> he has one. It's there. Yep. You can shoot it and shoot it in his backyard. You could shoot it at his extreme, extreme finger. finger. It, it, won't won't be, it won't matter. It's too yeah. extreme. It won't even hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's like his skin is like diamond. He just probably around the wouldn't even though. like it wouldn't wouldn't even tickle. He wouldn't notice. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, there would be a signed copy of Frank Iero and the Celebration stomach aches um, <laughs> in his extreme finger. Um, the thing is, like, I, I I've met John a few times, but you definitely know him way more than I do. Yeah, so since I feel we were like, like I, I feel like I've run out of Jonathan Maisto jokes. I could keep going. I could keep going forever. Well, I think the thing is that, like, Jonathan Maisto jokes would be very similar to Tom Waits jokes. Yes, they're, they're, well, it's the same, Not but in it's content, different. exactly, but, like, in the sense that there's just a style, bottomless yeah. well of character. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I could... John, John Maisto has arguably the biggest personality of anyone I've ever it's, met. It's, well, it's, he's also got the biggest finger. It's, yeah. He stores all of his personality That's in his extreme finger. That's how his finger got so big. Is that, like, he's, just, he's storing... <laughs> he ran out of room for his, his personality. His finger is packed full of raw personality. And yeah. If, <laughs> if you were to puncture John Maisto's extreme finger, it would explode with personality vibes that would just ricochet throughout the planet and change everything culturally. <laughs> yeah. Um... Which is why you don't fuck with his extreme finger. Because that's like some mutually assured destruction shit. If you try to fuck with John's extreme finger, it will ruin your world. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll want to go home afterward, but you won't be able to because your house will be a casino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, so, and it's not, it's going to be the kind, like, you're going to wake up one morning and there's just a casino in there. Right. And he's, and John's just like, standing outside, like oh yeah, I, I made some changes. Yeah. <laughs> just. And, and you're going to want to go to your kitchen and make something. You're not going to be able to because your refrigerator is going to be a slot machine. Your kitchen <laughs> sink is going to be a guy. That's it. And um, your stove is going to be a gun. And if you want to leave, he'll be like, all right, fucking leave, you know? Right. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. No. This is a favor to you. If you don't appreciate it, then you can go. Yeah. Um, So, 
uh, don't fuck around with Jonathan Maisto's extreme finger. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> It was about shelter. It was, it was literally just about shelter. It was the most over-the-plate question ever. We One got that it. I'm pretty sure we've answered four times over the course of this podcast. I think we but killed this, it. This is the this is the definitive one. This is the definitive. This is the <laughs> only <laughs> thing that we've ever said in this podcast that's actually canon. Yes, it's, it's Jonathan Mace. You gotta live in Jonathan Maisto's big finger. And honestly, <laughs> there's gonna be room for everybody. Yeah, it's it's a big finger. It's it's the <laughs> world oh, champion extreme finger. finger. <laughs> it's bigger than most like uh cities yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like you were about to say buildings and i had to one-up it i had to i had to make it go farther <laughs> jonathan maisto's extreme finger is dangerous what's it's... gonna happen at one point is he's going to poke the moon out of orbit and it's gonna it's gonna throw off the oceans, and that's actually gonna be one of the inciting incidents yeah, that end up leading to the fall of uh, the world yeah, to come. Um, that leads to Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the only thing that's gonna survive is uh, like foxes and bunnies and, and like hot rabbits. And yeah, hot rabbits. Yeah, um, and fucking thick rabbits with skin tight police uniforms, and you know, um... you don't have to say anything. We can just sit. In the fantasy for a minute. Hey, can we cut this out? Okay. <laughs> um, oh fuck! You're you're diamond hard. <laughs> your your erection is the is the perfect I'm, outline I'm is sticking sorry. out of your out of your pants like in a sitcom. I gotta you know say, how like erections look on TV shows the way they never do in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like um, just a Ron Burgundy in Anchorman <laughs> erection. <laughs> like. When you said you're diamond hard, <laughs> I heard that as a person's name and I got confused. You're saying I turned into action hero diamond, diamond hard. hard. That's like, oh, that's so good. I love that guy. Diamond, I love hard. diamond hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this summer, coming to theaters, <laughs> it's diamond hard. Damn it, hard. <laughs> you, you, co- you, you, you cost the city $20,000. God damn it, Chief, I get results. Diamond, Diamond Hard. <laughs> Diamond Hard is a loose cannon cop on the edge with nothing to lose who plays by his own rules, but damn, he gets results. Diamond Hard is a murderer, and that, <laughs> <laughs> the system allows him to get away with it. And it's just it's just like a cool 80s action. No, please don't shoot! <laughs> Diamond Hard. <laughs> It's just like a classic '80s action hero cop yeah. with like the sunglasses and like the like holding the gun, yeah. but just like a fucking fucking, just like <laughs> just fucking rock hard cock. Just... He's gonna have a mullet. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh... there's no sex in this movie whatsoever. No. no. At one point, he's offered sex and he flat out refuses. Well, he's it. got he's got big sigma male energy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's he plays by his own rules. Yes. Yeah. He's he he doesn't bother with trying to be a fucking Chad or an alpha. No. Because he's already surpassed that. He's beyond it. Diamond Hard is Valsell. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a virgin and he will remain that way until he dies. <laughs> Virgin for life, baby. That's what he. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> Virgin for life. <laughs> this summer, he made a covenant with Jesus Christ, and he's not about to break it. Oh, Diamond Hard, take me now. No. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
thanks everybody. Oh, no, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. Because I just had a fantastic fucking idea. <laughs> okay. Diamond Hard, his nemesis, is the kingpin gangster Extreme Finger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's Jonathan Maystow. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just Jonathan He Maystow. fucking walks into the room with his leopard print coat and he goes, Diamond Hard. Wow. We meet again for the last time. And he whips out two Uzis and he starts, he dives sideways, starts shooting both Uzis at Diamond Hard. Doesn't fucking matter. Bounces right off his hairy ass pecs. I was going to say off of his hard dick. That too. Like yeah, he just yeah. kind of, he just kind of, he he thrusts <laughs> up into the air. His feet leave the ground, and he <laughs> deflects the bullets with his dick like a katana and super hot. <laughs> just, I'm picturing, I'm picturing John Maystow going oh as the, as the bullets fly back at him, and he falls backwards out of a fucking window, and, and you see the camera going after him as he falls in slow motion. Damn you, Don. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you for listening to <laughs> Thank you for listening to this, the inaugural episode of the cassette exclusive <laughs> NPR artisanal potted cast come. Um if you'd like to send us questions, then just again, just start going to farmers markets. <laughs> just, maybe you'll you, meet maybe us there. there. Maybe you'll meet us there, maybe not. If you have anything you'd like to say to us, you can say it then. Um, and never mind the fact that you would have to had to you would have had to have already gone to a farmer's market to acquire <laughs> right, this, this episode in order to know this. But well, that's what makes it so special. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like giving somebody a book on how to learn to read. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and if uh, we're never going to do Life in the World to Come again, but no, if you'd not. like to send in questions for it for some reason, you can go to Life like in the World to Come at gmail.com. But don't, because it's a new podcast now, and it's only on cassette, and we sell it at farmer's markets. Yep. Um, um, and uh, the intro and outro music is we uh, is 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 uh, we are the Hellhounds by the Taxpayers. Right, but well, it was, but now it's just like a different jazz interstitial every time. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Yes. Dude. It's like either it's like jazz interstitials or like kind it's of a u- it's a unique very like uh, very like soft indie folk rock. I'm thinking it's a unique take on Take Five by baritone saxophone yeah, virtuoso yeah. Boots Kaplan. Oh yeah, I know Take Five. Who I died used to be in jazz night. band. Um, he died last Boots night. Boots Kaplan. Legendary baritone saxophone player <laughs> passed away last night, and jazz will never be the same. Man, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I used to play with a guy who would always come in with news like that, <laughs> and it was always that some legendary jazz player had died, and he was always <laughs> so heartbroken about it. <laughs> and I'd never met anybody up until then or since who cared so much about jazz players. It's a man with some soul. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> jazz is good. Yeah. <coughs> I played alto saxophone in high school. Yeah. I played take, I, I could play take five at one point. Not like Boots Kaplan could. No, of course not. Well, because he's made up. So he can, <laughs> he can play as well as I want. <laughs> um, and uh, patreon.com slash life in the world to come. That was the thing. Because like, when you said Boots Scout, like, I was like, wait, that's the, I thought Dave Brubeck did that. <laughs> like, I was like, I knew who actually wrote it. And like, nope. <laughs> Boots Kaplan. No. He no, no Boots Kaplan was it plays the version that is our theme song. Right, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Boots Toots Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
Alright, <laughs> 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 